0: Hey, listen in, listen real quick. I need your attention, guys. If you haven't signed up for the Triple Whale Partner Program, you are so missing out. 20% on all the leads that are driving for you, plus all the support and need you can possibly manage. What is up, everybody? This is Nick Shagaford. You have Joshua Johnson. As always, we are back with the Agency Algorithm. And today is going to be a very, very uplifting day. As I talked to one of my best friends and partners, Aaron Naspish. Did I pronounce that last name correctly, Roland? Dude, that was
1: perfect. You're one of the few who get it right consistently. I appreciate Let's that. Let's
0: go. Aaron and I have been for just over a year and a half, almost two years at this point, And we have come to know each other uh, around the world. We've been traveling a lot together. We done many events together. We were able to like bless each other on his very first event in Barcelona last year, which is super, super cool under the Geek Out flag. He actually is building in a, in a space where not many people would choose to build in. And there's a very interesting story behind this. And so I'd give you a little bit of a tease into it. Aaron, how are you, brother? And where are you calling me from? I am feeling good. I am so
1: grateful to be on here. You're like two of my favorite people. I feel like I'm hanging out with my best friends. And so I'm so grateful to be here. And I'm currently in San Francisco, but I'm a little tired. I just Why? got back from Poland. I like 2am last night uh so i've been on i've been with uh i don't know if, I, if the viewers know but i've been training with wim hof this last week in, uh and in poland like in the middle of nowhere jumping into icy rivers and breathing until i burst and it's been it's been incredible and i i feel both uh great and exceptional and exhausted all at the same time
0: break, you need to break it like who's wim hof like I, we josh and i are familiar with this we we understand the, the craziness that this guy is but please break it up for some people that might not be aware of it yeah I'm curious because you said training, right? Like, I'm curious, like, what is
1: training with Wim Hof? Because, like, I see training, like, running, lifting. Like, that's my type of training. You guys are doing something completely different out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so Wim Hof, for those who don't know, like, if you've seen the ice bath movement, if you've seen people getting in, like, tubs full of ice or... Doing these intense breathing exercises until they have like variations of almost psychedelic trips. Um, uh, Wim Hof is kind of the guy who originated all of this. Um, he got uh, famous for breaking, I think, over twenty-six world records, um, and they were from a range of things, of so climbing Mount Everest and shorts and barefoot, to doing a marathon in the Sahara Desert um, with no water. Um, this guy's like uh, nuts. And essentially what he, his kind of premise is that through these breathing exercises and this cold therapy, which is essentially a sandbox of stress for your body, you can push yourself far beyond the known limits of hum- of humans and become, tap into superhuman potential. And, you know, it's like when you say it, it feels a little like uh woo woo, ha ha, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. but. Dude, I'll tell you, when you do fifty push-ups and then you're and Wim's like, okay, you're gonna do some breathing, you're do some exercise, and you're gonna be able to two to four x that push-up uh, baseline like the, the next couple of days, um, and then you do it, it's it's uh it's mind blowing. Um, so I uh so I, so I've been just spending the last week with him. It started with like, okay, we're gonna go take our go out into the snow and put our hands and just put yeah. our hands in the snow for five minutes like do that and that was really really tough and then okay we're gonna go walk outside and do barefoot in the snow for five minutes and that was tough i'm mean, like i'm in just terrible pain like how the hell am i gonna do this like my feet are gonna fall off and it's gonna be awful to like the next day we did 45 minutes walking barefoot through the snow and it was easy, like no problem at all and then the the day after that we did five minutes in like a literally a frozen lake where i have like sheets of ice around my neck while i'm underwater and just calming the body and uh taking control dude it's insane they call it up They call his big thing is interoceptive focus An interoceptive focus. Your interoceptive uh, system is your system that like responds to you autonomously. It's a system that tells you to breathe. It's a system that says, oh, this is cold. This is hot. This is painful. I need to do or don't do uh, fight or flight these responses. So you take control of these autonomous systems and you tell uh, your body what to do rather than the body telling you what to do. Um, And dude, I'll tell you, I, I feel incredible. I feel like I can do literally anything I want in the world it alkalizes you uh, and alkalization is kind of the precursor to conductiveness and so uh, and energy when you see with batteries and electricity and so if you alkaline your body you can also um, kind of be the precursor to a uh, to a more impactful uh, manifestation um, because like your more your energy is more aligned with creating whatever it is that you want so uh, you know what's crazy nick It's the first time i did wind trading was right before my first presentation at geek out barcelona and i told you for weeks and months leading up to that like dude i'm scared to death i have this public speaking fear i can talk to a group of 5 10 15 20 like no problem at all but as soon as it gets to these I hundreds of people that you consistently have at geek out i'm like i'm just i don't know if i can do it so i did this i did this training in uh spring so this is my second time training with Wim Hof. i did this first one uh yeah. in the summer of last year and uh right after it i went, my first like the first day back i went to uh geek out barcelona and spoke and bro it was easy like, I just made a decision. I'm going to have an incredible speech. It's going to go flawlessly, and people are going to love it, and I'm going to love it, and everyone's going to have a great time. And, like, I don't know if you guys know this about Nick, but he's hard-ass when it comes to his speakers. Like, he doesn't fuck around whatsoever. Excuse my language. I don't know if I would <laughs> the truth. So, but, but you don't, dude. Uh, and, like, Nick got off the stage, and he's like, Arian, 9 out of 10, clean. And I'm like, what? Like, Nick says that? Like, Nick doesn't say that to anyone for anything, so... Uh, so anyway, long story short, I feel incredible. I feel powerful. I feel connected to myself and to the world around me. And that through going to pain, going to stress, um, I get to a situation where there is no stress, there is no pain and I can just create whatever I want. So there's a long winded answer.
0: This to me is something that like has been, I'm on a very different journey, but a similar journey Like you and I are very masochistic in our sense of pushing ourselves to areas that most other people wouldn't do both physically and at times financially, right? Like when you're investing heavily in yourself in this area it's a commitment to your your financial future it's commitment to who you are right now it's commitment to your partner your company your team when i sit there it's like pick your pain or the pain's gonna pick for you and there's very few phrases and things i live by like i believe there's enough for all of us to eat that's one that i always consistently share um with kindness and then this newest one which is a 2021 2022 thing is pick your pain or the pain's gonna pick and in this world let's put it even at like a very worldly schedule or 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 scenario, you have a lot of things happening, right? You have a lot of things where people are consuming let's put it this way, they're consuming things that are not good for their body, thinking that it's going to be good for their body, right? That that these drugs, these pharmaceuticals, these areas that they are being fed and told, hey, this is you should take this because you're gonna feel better. Right. I'm not gonna take it down the COVID nineteen vaccination route, but I would take it in an area where the alternative medicine that is stuff that we all need to take extremely serious that the Fed that the advertising channels, that all the areas are actually taking a lot more serious and are being much more open to, was something that you saw way back, way back when you were CMO style. Did you know that it would lead all the way up to this? Because it's been pretty progressive since you jumped into the space, correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we're just the beginning. Like, straight up, I think we. this is just the ground level of what's coming. Like, the way I think about this is, and, and just a little bit, backing up just a little bit so people know what we're talking about, like, um, so today I'm CEO of Lucid. Lucid is the largest conscious compound and conscious method advertising firm uh, in the world. And we're becoming more of a full service marketing agency uh, now. And so we, yeah. we're on a mission to reduce human suffering and maximize human potential through therapeutic compounds that lead to a net positive return not all compounds and lead to a net positive return. Like for instance, whether you like beer or you like, like what? drinking or yeah. not, like no one's like out at the fucking bar. They think you like, wow, I'm going to feel great tomorrow after all these beers, you know, like, it's just not, not what you do. But, uh, but I'll tell you, if you have some CBD, you have some, uh, functional mushrooms, you have some vitamins, like there's a lot of substances out there and adaptogens out there that, that lead to you feeling net positive. Uh, even psychedelic trips, whether you have uh, you know, a microdose from a mushroom or you have a macrodose from a mushroom, like it's a gateway to healing trauma and that healing of the trauma leads to reduced suffering and maximize potential. So we call that net positive. So like to your question, like, have I seen this? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've seen it for a minute. Like, you know, I mean, honestly, it's just something I was really passionate about. something I like I personally loved. Like I, you know, I found myself looking for uh, compounds and methods that would lead to me feeling better without feeling worse. And I thought it was crazy that most of the drugs and the oper- and the substances and the compounds and the methods on the market, like they generally made people worse. Yeah. I think of it pretty simply like there's not that many last frontiers uh that we're aware of uh, in today's society for innovators like the three of us to pursue and uh what like I, I see those as like the deep ocean the like deep space and consciousness like i think that the, the the deepest impact that i can have is in the in the consciousness revolution so i'm looking to innovate upon consciousness i'm looking to become one of the greats uh like many greats of great consciousness innovators before me uh, and i think the best way i can do that today is by helping distribute these therapeutic compounds that lead to people healing and feeling better and being better and being the the fullest version of themselves so i think we're just at the beginning it just this is gonna get crazy like people are just yeah. waking up to it, man like this you know is, like people are like oh wow fucking ice baths that's cool or mushrooms like i feel better but there's so much trauma just like in our lives and in the lives before us our ancestors that were passed us to us or our dna Like, we're the first generation that can be really clearly conscious of what's happening and start healing that. And when that heals, man, life gets better. Like, you don't have to mask it with these pharmaceuticals. You don't have to mask it with alcohol. You can just, like, live into love and live into the person you've always wanted to be. And, like, when more people start doing that, which is just the natural, like, the natural occurrence. Like, that's just what's just going to happen. The world's going to be a better place. There's going to be more love. There's going to be healthier people. There's going to be happier people, and I'm hopeful that I can be a uh, a serious conduit of that that change and that movement. And I'm grateful to have partners like you, Nick and Josh, to help that reality manifest.
0: Do you think when you're back at Monk, uh, I want to I want to talk about that a little bit because you saw the movement of advertising in this space as like a real real thing. Because let's put it this way: two years ago, one year even one year ago building an agency that does pin media on facebook alone was not a thing like they were not there was no way to do this in a way where you can have consistent revenue it's it's actually kind of sad in the space when you have missions around yes obviously people want to make money they want to be profitable we have a lot of these strong missions For instance, the soul cbd guys right like he was a former boxer like all the things he went through the rattledness that he was found solace in a product like cbd and these in these combinations and mixtures that it has and it made his body and everything feel better That's a real mission. That's not me selling a widget to make money or selling a a skincare product to lift lift my bags, right? Like that's a real mission. And for advertising platforms like Facebook and Google and TikTok, all these ones, not allowing it to actually be, not even allowing payment methods to even be accepted at times for CBD and alternative medicine. Like there's there's issues where even Stripe or PayPal will hold all these payments. When you sat after Monk, how did you make a decision be like, well, I'm actually going to go try and build an agency in the space. Like, first off, why would you build an agency in the space? And second off, how do you find people that care as much as you do on this to work for the agency? Because like, I'm always wondering do you have to find the right person that cares about this as much as you do?
1: Yeah, I think you do. Like, honestly, Nick, that's why we're partners. The short version is I called Nick just like randomly. I was friends with Chase Diamond and he was tight with Nick. And so he put me in and I was just like, Nick, i i'm on to something like cbd hemp these adaptogens uh cannabis these psychedelic therapies these aromatherapy, these these conscious methods like wim hop they're changing the world and and it is someone has to do this if it's not us it's going to be someone else but i think that it is, it's our responsibility and and i was shocked as hell like I, just to be honest nick like i love you to death but i you were just so big in the space and you're such a leader in the space i figured you were probably a little uh more egotistical and like not not available not not very conscious uh, i didn't i didn't know what to expect but I got on the call with you and you just got it from the moment I got on the call and, and like connected with me on. And I'm like, Mick, I think there's like a divine calling to fucking make this happen. And um, I, I'd like to do it together. And you said, let's let's pursue it. Let's try to make it happen. And it's what works. It works. Uh, let's go for it. And uh, and that worked. And, and Nick, I tell people all the time, but you were such a better partner than I ever could have expected you to be. Like you have been there every step of the way to help me in every possible way that I could possibly imagine. And not just me, but my colleagues, my friends, our employees, uh, my, our other partners. All of it. I'm done blowing smoke up your ass, so, but I really do think you're you're fucking credible. And then I'd like to sort to of answer your question. Yeah, you do need people who get it. You need people who understand. You need people who have experienced these products or have experienced the con of the being negative products and want to be part of the change. And and you did, which was very helpful. So throwing back, I, I was chief marketing officer of Monk. So I've been in e-commerce since I was 13. Uh, I'm 29 now. So I I think we lost Nick for a minute, but okay, riffing. Got an e-commerce when I'm 13. I'm 29 now. I uh, started with MySpace and Big Cartel with a clothing company. Uh, eventually, uh, I got into, I really cut my teeth with a brand called Monk. Monk was the first portable, uh, personal portable aromatherapy diffuser. We essentially took the vaporizers. We took the nicotine and tobacco out. And we added only essential oils to them. Uh, and that yeah. made a portable aromatherapy diffuser. And these aromatherapies, they, you said, you know, smell is a very strong sense. Um, it, when you smell things, it goes through your nose, through your olfactory bulb, and then it sends signals to your brain that promote the idea uh, or promote the effects. And so we had seven different blends of, uh, of aromatherapy that each created different ways that uh, you could feel, whether it was sleepy, happy, vibrant, um or, or whatnot. And so, Long story short, I tried to advertise this and Meta kept telling me, no, this is not an option. You can't advertise it. This vaporizer is an e-cigarette. And so I would write letters to, I, I first studied the policy and I realized that every time it said you can't advertise e-cigarettes or vaporizers, it was read, in reference to nicotine or smoking tobacco. And so I wrote a letter to Zuckerberg and, and I've cc'd a couple of people's emails that I found on LinkedIn and was like, this is pure innovation. This is not an e-cigarette. This is not a vaporizer. You need to let us advertise or you have forgotten what, what innovation is fundamentally. And I didn't expect anyone to email me back. And no one did email me back. But like the next week, our ad account was unlocked. Uh, and we became the first non-vaporizer to ever advertise on Facebook, which was like insane. So long story short, we we I started with Monk, uh, which was just uh, the father, the son, and me uh, who were behind the company. Um, the first year, we did 100000 in revenue. The second year, we unlocked Facebook and just really leaned into influencer marketing. And we went from 100000 to $7 million, uh, our second year. And then so... That put us in the top 50 fastest growing companies in America and the top 1% of advertisers on Meta. So that was really cool. And then the second year we went from 7 million to 15 million in annual revenue. And this is like 2013. So this is like before a lot of DTC brands were really pushing those kind of numbers. Um, and so I learned a ton, got invited to Facebook, like met some people on Meta, uh, learned a lot about the DTC space, a lot of advertising space. Um, and, I'll, and it was kind of like the spark that really got me uh, rolling you know, in this conscious compound space. So. I shortly there got got into a CBD an hemp brand. I tried to advertise. I got shut down every which way you could possibly imagine when it came to advertising. So I called my friends at Meta and they were like, hey, here's the policy. You can do educational articles about CBD and you can do, uh, you can do advertorials or PR if they are more educational and informational and you can do hemp topicals. And so I was like, okay, great. So I tried to advertise that. I still got shut down. Uh, just nonstop, and and so long story short i was like okay i'm gonna get out i started consulting cannabis brands on how to build scale in the d2c space they all wanted on how not wanted to know how to advertise so i kept working on it i kept working on it in november of 2020 where like literally i had seven clients and even though i had some ads live for a little bit they all went down at the same time and i called nick and i'm like nick there's a path to do this if i can get the highest level meta support available which is what i had at my monk days then i'm positive i can make a case to them that's going to allow us to advertise these products And he said, uh, he took a bet on me and said, hey, I'll I'll open the window. Let's give it a shot. Let's see if we can do it. I swear, man, I made this like lawyer level case to Meta of like why these products are compliant, why they need to let us advertise. Um, And they agreed with us. They they said, okay, that makes sense. You're doing it in the compliance sense. We, you know, we support what you're doing. They gave us high level support to make sure our ads didn't get falsely rejected. They gave us access to programs that gave our closer review to our ads. And long story short, we pulled it off for one of the biggest brands in the space, Medterra, early on. And then shortly thereafter, Uh, uh, I think we took on like 100 of the leading CBD, cannabis, and functional mushroom brands in the world. um, And to this day, we run actively about 42 different clients in the space. And at scale, like, you know, it went from uh, a little nothing to now we run, it's we run 90% of the CBD and food ads on Meta today. And the other 10% are kind of like, Flash in the pan uh, ads. So if you want to advertise CBD and hemp these days, it's pretty much through through Lucid. And I don't think it's a forever thing, but it was a. Uh, you know, this yeah. is like this is the perk of innovation. When when you create new paths, you get first access to, to opportunities like this. And honestly, it's a hard thing too. Like as much as I want to make money, I'm I'm on a mission to make impact, dude. Like I'm on a mission to like reduce human suffering and maximize human potential and do so through these therapeutic products. Like when that happens, and when that happens at scale. The natural output is money. Like there will be plenty of money. Like that, like just, if we focus just clearly on the impact, the rest will take care of itself.
0: Well, it's not only that you aren't focused on money. You need money to continue to have the impact, to continue to have enough time to get as many people as possibly behind the mission, which is where like the shift of mindset of money was for me or is for me currently is you need enough to continue to push the mission, push the quote unquote narrative along because it is a big thing there's it's still uphill battle right like it's to me when when you gave me that call i was already a consumer of marijuana thc i was always already a consumer i believed in it helped me with what i was doing so i didn't have to be so adderalled out and i was like okay you know it's good it allows me to ma- uh, be in my thoughts have conversations be in social situations at times and when i when i realized like there's why is this not happening more often and when, when you live on the border of you have affiliate gray hat, black hat, and then you have, no, I want to do this the correct way. It was tough, right? I remember when Chase called me, Chase was like, hey, you need to talk to Aaron. And I was like, cool, I'll talk to Aaron. Let me see what it is. And I think what you have that's unique to most strong CEOs or leads, the Steve Jobs aura effect, right? You are so <laughs> convinced in your path and you are so strong in where you want to go with it that you're able to kind of get people to rally behind it with what you need. And so when I heard it, I was I like- yeah, I I think this is real. I think this is, this shit's, this shit's for real. This is going to be here. And then what convinced me was when I saw the contract come over for partnership and doing this together, I was like, oh, this is the depth in which he's going to go for a contract, the depth in which he's going to go for SOPs to make sure this gets approved. Because look, all of us that run paid ads in this current 2023 landscape, it's very difficult just to run normal, like widgets, right? There's just so much crap that happens on this area. And so for you to have the processes set up, and that would be my next question as I'm going to I'm going to ask you a couple of things around like how the how the team set up the, the common things you kind of go through after we kind of get a little bit of a, a read from some of our partners and sponsors on this stuff. But I can't wait to dig in a little bit of like the how the ops and the org is currently structured right now. Okay, give us two seconds. Yeah, for sure. All right, people, if you haven't done this already, you need to do this right now. Pause the podcast. Don't take action. There's a link above, below, or in the show notes. Join the Triple Whales partner program where you can get up to 20% off the leads that you send through, which is an incredible amount of revenue. And I think it's worth your time and effort for a little bit of action that you're about to take right now. And we are back. What is interesting to me now is because obviously I know how our, our team is set up and the org of this is set up. But since you have so many checks and balances and things that have to go out that most typical e-commerce agencies don't have to deal with, what was unique in setting these up for the checks and balances to make sure that you don't have to get flagged? Because that relationship with the account going down with the client, that just makes the stress on you, which aka puts the stress on your employees. Yeah,
1: great question. Um, I'll start like a big shout out to like our other partners like Oven Klein our CEO and partner uh, with me and Nick uh, is just like an incredible operator incredible systemization incredible at processes like yeah, like i might be really passionate and bring the vision the resources and the relationships but when it comes to like day-to-day processes operations systemizations avin klein is the man he I, I learned so much from him on a daily basis so i think first and foremost it's the right people uh and avin is definitely the right people in, in that regard we also have an amazing uh just quick shout out to calvin truong has been an incredible uh partner uh and has really helped us scale into where we are today uh and matt cyber um, who runs our sales he's he's also uh, an incredible partner so to answer your question i'd say there's kind of like two critical pieces uh one is communication and two is compliance like um, we're really careful to communicate exactly what the 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 field of advertising in this conscious compound space looks like so um, we tell CBD brands, like, this is not easy. We have found a path. Now, you know, these challenges that you've ran into in the past, like ad rejections and uh, and ad accounts getting shut down and business managers getting shut down and domains getting blocked and blacklist URLs and all these different things. Um, I express, like, that's happening due to non-compliant advertising. When you work with Lucid, you are going to be pursuing compliant advertising paths. To do compliant advertising paths, we are going to have to make sure that every ad we launch is triple checked to ensure that it hits the marks that Meta has set out for us. Um, So that's first and foremost. And and two, like when you do that, your ad accounts will stay live. But if you do not do that, you submit ads outside of us or around us and you break these rules, then it is very possible that these ad accounts go down. So I think first and foremost, it's like a deep, deep, deep dedication to white hat compliance of these types of products. Like you know most people in this in the cbd hemp adaptogen cannabis space most of them are trying to go around the the platform they're trying to break the rules pretend that they're you know doing their thing but get around it they're trying to find a a loophole that's not really our path like our path is like we want to work directly with these platforms i want facebook to call me and say aaron we have a huge cannabis brand that we want to help advertise in the compliance sense they give nick and me a call first and foremost like that's the player i want to be because like you can go so much further with people when you when you find alignment. Uh and like it's not like these platforms are like eye uh good things. <laughs> they just they're just trying to do so in a way that limits the liability for them. Uh, and gives them and maximizes the opportunity. So it's like when, when myself and Nick went to, to Meta and our partners and our, we're not trying to break the rules. Like we're not trying to be fishy. We're trying to find paths that allow us to drive more revenue to Meta, drive more opportunity to Meta, drive better ads for the platform and that ultimately lead to to people receiving products mm-hmm. that positively change their lives. And that was a big uh, a big part of it. Uh, I'd say like we're really dedicated to SOPs that just clarify compliance from the, from the ground up. We make all the ads that we submit we submit it to the clients first so they can check them we send them to our team for compliance check before they ever go live if the brand has an ad that they want to submit they fill out a form they submit the ad to us we check it for compliance we make sure it's it's ready to rock uh, and we can prove it before it ever goes live and that's not to like black box this this is just to make sure that every ad that we launch uh, is compliant keeps the ad account live for the brand now uh, it keeps our relationship strong with meta and the way i say this is like there is no opportunity for profitability if you cannot have sustainability and you can't have sustainability unless you have compliancy. So through compliancy, we get sustainability from sustainability. We get profitability. If we just put up ads and got away with it for a week and they got shut down the next week, like opportunity cost wise, they should not be advertising. Yeah. I'm curious on the partnership side. It's something that you've brought up a few times now is you talk very highly of the partners that you're involved with. I'm curious how one, you surrounded yourself with great partners, but what is it like going from kind of like a solo operation into bringing partners in like who you can trust I'm, I'm curious to know your thought process on the people that you've now entrusted with your business and your legacy that you're bringing in on a regular basis because it seems like you, you have incredible partners you speak highly of them so I'm curious on how all of that kind of came about honestly like my great partnerships for me started with uh two things one i got married uh eight years ago I'm 29 now I got married at 20 and like and uh, getting married uh, so young, you learn very quickly uh, how to communicate and have a good partnership. Otherwise, it fails. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was. It's like kind of like being thrown in the fire. Like you refine all the pieces off of you that are <laughs> pretty frictiony and you know harmful to relationships, and uh, and you get better very quickly. So uh, my like great partnership started for me with um, marrying an excellent person who helped me helps me become a better person every single day. My wife Sky. So like she's my ultimate partner, and that's who I've learned to have great relationships and partnerships from fundamentally. From there, I actually had a lot of bad business partnerships, like um before Sky and after Sky. Like I I like that quote. It's like you only lose if you uh, if you if you stop trying, if you if you give up. Like I you know I had a lot of bad partnerships, and through all those bad partnerships, I learned what a bad what a good partnership is and what a uh, good partnership is not. And I also learned that like it takes two to tango. Bad partnerships are not just hey that guy's an asshole uh it's like this guy's an asshole like why what the fuck's wrong with me uh, like why am i yeah. a problem? and if you can take like a dedicated approach to like understanding and, and figuring out like what is the limiting factors in my own psychology that are preventing me from having healthy and strong partnerships and start addressing those even if the other person isn't the bee's knees like you can level up together and so uh so I'd say I really started with have with a great partnership with my wife through having bad partnerships that let me reevaluate what I'm looking for and people that I work with and who what I need to be to be a good partner. And then I learned a lot from Nick about giving. Like, you know, there's that concept of being a giver, a taker, and a matchmaker. And like I, I think for a lot of my life I was either a matchmaker or a taker. Like I just I looked at things more objectively. I looked for opportunities to like, okay, this is tools that I can build with and and et cetera. And it was very external. And then when I met Nick, like Nick taught me in the Geek Out community, which frankly, Nick, it's like more of like a program, like a self improvement program, uh, as much as it is an e commerce and D2C and Internet Entrepreneurship Conference if you are so focused on giving and sharing value and helping other people to win and succeed, if you stop trying to hide all these quote unquote secrets that you have that that are like, and if you just focus on building, being open, being vulnerable and and giving and Mm. and specifically giving to people who are also givers, like not giving to people who are just taking and taking and taking, but being able to recognize the difference and find people that want to grow and grow with you and that you can provide value to. As soon as I made that shift, I started exponentially growing like uh the company started growing faster the partnership started growing faster like people stop looking at you like like you're trying to fuck them uh and they start looking at you as like a key asset into their growth that's what i want to be like josh and nick i want to be a key asset to your growth i want to do whatever the hell i can to make you as successful as possible you guys can feel that when i say that and i mean it from my heart and i know yeah. you mean it from me too and that's that creates exponential abundance that uh is second to none so one last thing i'd say is like i treat my mar- my partnerships like marriage like i tell me yeah. all the time like we're in it if i'm pissed off or you're pissed off let's process it let's communicate it, let's figure it out like uh there's no time to dwell on bs there's time to refine and uh grow and love and uh, communicate and process and i'm very intentional about my relationships uh most specifically my partnerships and i don't think i'm the world's best by this end of mean me, but I'm, I'm dead set on getting better every day how are you not jaded from bad past partner relationships is it tough for you to commit to a relationship when you've had a bad one in the past yeah dude like a lot of therapy <laughs> like honestly <laughs> like i'm a big proponent of going to a counselor like i i, I hope everyone does i think this side the stigmatized idea of not talking about your feelings is so fucking stupid there's a quote i like that i'm not sure who said it but the rate limiter or the limit on uh, ability to grow is your personal psychology that's what's preventing you from growth if you can deal right. with that if you can process that there's so much more opportunity so therapy like honestly uh, psychedelic ther- like psychedelics I- i've had several psychedelic trips that really have fundamentally changed my life i don't actually think it's the psychedelic itself i don't think it's whether you take mushrooms or lsd or dmt or whatever these things are just gateways to healing trauma in the soul in the body when you heal that trauma um, then you have the opportunity to love more fully again and so how am I not jaded? Um, it's just a lot a lot of healing, a lot of processing, a lot of journaling, a lot of loving, a lot surrounding myself with great people who are there to listen to me process and think and figure it out. And I think one of the big things is I stopped looking externally for validation sometime a few years ago, I think, uh, two or three years ago. I stopped looking for other people to tell me I'm okay. And I started looking to figure out why I'm not okay. And then addressing those things until I was okay. And I'm grateful to say today that I'm, I'm okay and that I'm solid. I use a lot of techniques as well. I'm, I'm big into breathing exercises. I go train with limb off. I go dive in icy cold water in order to bring myself to that discomfort. So that way then when there is discomfort, there is no discomfort. I meditate. I wouldn't call myself a self-help junkie, but I am intentional about being you know, like healing and processing the trauma that's preventing me from growth. I've seen time and time again that whenever I'm in, when I pursue that, when I pursue love, when I don't pursue resentment or hate, but I pursue healing and health that I become a lot better and and I'm able to reach new heights that I was never able to reach before. And that validation gives me the strength to do it again and again and again. Cause like, it's not one of those things that you just like, okay, now I'm healed and I'm ready to go. Like, you know, things are going to happen tomorrow, today. Like the challenge is the constant, the response is the variable going through the fire leads to more gold, more opportunity, more refinement
0: when I sit back and I think about if you do business for a period of time, you're going to get screwed over. You know, you're going to have, you're going to realize like, Ooh, I'm I'm going to look out for that type of personality or that thing in the future. Right. When I've always been a very giving person or or stand from a point of you can give all you can to them. Is there ever a point where you're like, okay, I've already actually given too much to an employee, to a partner, what have you. Is there a point where you actually have to kind of stop?
1: Absolutely. Actually, I learned a lot of this for you, Nick. Like, it's it's learning what a giver and a matchmaker and taker looks like i mean there's people out there that that want to grow with you that want to like really just continue to like it's like if everyone puts forward love, if everyone is uh is putting forward abundance like there is more abundance but if one person is and two people are taking if two people are one person is taking it's like a hole in your boat you know like you're gonna take on water you're gonna leak out a hole in your bucket you're gonna leak out water so I think you have to identify and be aware and mindful of those situations, and even when Good. you are in those situations, I don't think uh, you have to be aggressive with it. I think you just have to make the moves, make the changes in order to get back to realignment um, with what you're doing. And so, there's a Hermosi quote. I, <laughs> I hate to quote Hermosy. He's a cool guy, but everyone we in the love, we love Like everything you want is on the other side of a few hard conversations. Uh, and I think this is so true. And so many people just never experience the fullness of what they're capable of because they're unwilling to do a couple of tough, challenging things. And that goes back to like what Nick was saying. It's like, choose your pain or your pain will choose you. Like uh, if you're willing to go through the fire, uh, if you're willing to have those tough conversations, um, when when you recognize that, that this partnership, this employee, this person, this relationship, whatever, this opportunity is not what I thought it was. It's not what I'm trying to do and you're willing to to make those changes, it's like the universe, God rewards you for that. Yeah, and you get to the other side and things become a lot better a lot quicker. So something I practice these days is like, I'm reminded that the times that I've done the hard things in the past, that it's worked out. And I trust whenever I have a new hard thing to do that if I do it, it will also work out. And I also meditate on the concept of like, you can't lose if you can just keep going. So even if some of those harder conversations don't necessarily end up the way you want them, Like uh, you just keep going and eventually, eventually it will. Yeah, that's kind of how I say it. And also like, dude, whenever I get pushback, like if I know I'm doing the right thing, if I know like in my heart, like the right thing to do is this and I start doing that and I get pushback and it starts getting really hard and like all my head goes to is affirmation that means I am doing the right thing. Like when you push, Steve Jobs has a quote, when you push into the world, when you push into the universe, into the world, something else pops out. Like it's it's like the fundamental dynamics of how the universe works. Like if you push in, you're gonna get resistance, but like trust that process, trust that resistance as affirmation that things are working. And if you can just be persistent long enough uh, and that's' a, that's, a, you have to be mindful through that process because sometimes you're doing the wrong thing so you got to be mindful through it but if you can push through and just be persistent with the hard thing that you know to be true i see the challenge the resistance as affirmation that i'm on track and then uh shortly thereafter it dissipates and the, the opportunity reward they reveal themselves and it's like if you can do that enough and stay focused on that like know the challenges you know it's going to be tough know the challenge is going to be there um then you can get to the opportunity on the other side it's a great place to be uh, the opportunity on the other side
0: for people that are pin the agency or people that are just honestly any business that are thinking about getting to a partnership, what would you ask of them to know before they get into that type of partnership or any partnership?
1: That's a great question. What is your biggest strength and what is your biggest weakness? And like in these like know that so clearly and don't like like and if your answers are like, well, it's because my brother did this or my cousin was this or my dad raised me like this or it's because I live in, you know, Georgia and because I live in Georgia I'm not able if when you're identifying your strengths and your weaknesses your values and then there's like victimization as part of that or like reasoning that you are that way you're not ready for a partner so like that's your first red flags like if, if you're experiencing that don't don't just go bring your to someone else to bring them down like go heal you first like start there yeah. I always think like to have to find a great wife what do you need to be a good husband? to yeah. find a great partner what do you need to be a great partner. So if you're not at the point where you're taking radical ownership of your, uh, your challenges and your opportunities, uh, if you're not aware of like what's making where you're strong and where you're weak, you're not ready for a partnership. And that's not like a bad thing. Great. You're aware of it. Like that's huge. Now take the process to do the self healing so that way you could have those great partnerships uh, or be a great solo entrepreneur once you do heal yourself. So that's the first step. And then the second step is I look for people who also do that. Like I look for um, people who have dealt with their darkness. There are people who have processed their gnarliness. People, you know, Nick actually told me when I met him, uh, he's like, this is what make great friendships. And I'm going to, I might not say this perfectly, so you might have to help me, Nick, but it's like your, that, your... uh, that you've gone through the ups, that you've gone through the downs, that you've gone through the lefts and the rights, that you've gone through trauma and total joy and ecstasy. Like you've gone through every layer of these things. And once you go through every layer of these things with people, um, you create a bond that is uh, cosmic in nature. And that bond Can outlast without anything Uh, and i think nick and i have proved that over the years which has been which is pretty exciting i know it's open that part too
0: that's the Aaron version i think that's the best place to kind of wrap it on that dude and i'm just as someone that's been a close to you as a a brother as a friend as a partner as a businessman together with each other you make a lot of the people around you much better and we've just we've seen that with one of our uh, mutual friends joe and that's incredible to see the impact that you have on others and this is clearly a mission that is the way you live, which is why I think people find success is when you, do, when you have full alignment of the things that you're pushing forward on in your business and the way that you live your life, it's in just life. Like you're just living and that, that energy is really, really, really contagious, especially as you continue to build something important for not just you, for not just the second generation, but for the rest of the world that really needs this. So I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Push forward. I love you, brother, truly. Um, And I hope everybody else enjoyed this conversation because this has been probably one of the deeper ones. I'm sure you guys weren't expecting to get this level uh, under the A to C algorithm, but we appreciate you. Thank you all for listening all the way to the end. You, You know where to find Aaron. Where do you want them to find you actually, brother?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, at Aaron J. Nospish, or you can find Lucid at wearelucid.com. And, dude, I'm so grateful to be here. I, I really think of the world of you, Nick, and Josh. And, like, anyone who's listening, listen to every single episode of this podcast. I'm telling you what, these guys know their shit. They're connected to the most amazing people in the industry, and you will not waste one single minute, l- minute listening to that podcast. So thank you guys again for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks, buddy. Take care. See you guys in the next one.